The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield is brought to you by APSA CIB. Get access to liquidity that's solid and meet your business needs throughout Africa with holistic trade finance and working capital solutions. The bravery to imagine, that's Africanacity. APSA is a registered FSP. Pavlo. Anybody seen Pavlo? It was quite interesting seeing pa- uh, Becky Kele today at Sophia Town Police Station. Becky Kele came to address residents in Westbury. There have been a huge number of violent incidents in Westbury in recent weeks and there are lots of shootings and people are dying in the streets and it's devastating. I mean, if you live in that community, you're feeling as if you're in a war zone, and that's understandable. Uh, Becky Tkela arrived today and gave a long monologue about how police couldn't fix it, and you need lots of government departments, and you need to do this, you need to do that, you need social services, you need this, blah, 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 lots of kids and lots of young women who are getting involved in gangsterism, and it can't just be police. And he's right, of course he is. But that's not an excuse to not solve the problem of arresting the gangsters. Um, however, what I enjoyed most about Becky Kledo today was, no, I'll come back on Tuesday and report back to you. That's if he's still the Minister of Safety and Security, of course, because it's widely anticipated that he won't be. Then he would have lied to the community of Westbury. Um, but anyway, it was just a small observation that I made. Pablo Fatidi's with us, the small business focus, brought to you by the Isuzu EasyGo. Why own a pre-built truck when you can rent it? Thanks to creative solutions from Isuzu Finance. T's and C's apply. I don't know if you listened, uh, Pablo. I sent you a WhatsApp, but I, you didn't read it. To Lehubudu Moshabe. Uh, and Lehubudu is the guy who sells coffee to car, ex-flight attendant who stands at intersections and pumps water out of a out of a pump pot and makes coffee at intersections and he only sells about 20 cups a day but he's taken himself from you know really hard times into generating an income and i just thought to myself it's incredible that he's done it for himself he put out an ad on social media today and has been so underwhelmed by the response because he wants people to come and join him uh, he thinks that they can create something special together and there just isn't the appetite for for hard work it would seem uh, like lehubedu is prepared to do you know, Bruce, there's so many answers around these intersections because of late, um, and I'm sure everyone now, everyone by now has experienced it and seen it. Uh, people who used to stand on the side of the road and, and beg have found themselves in the midst of directing traffic and doing so far better than I've ever seen a Metro cop do it. <laughs> They're doing it at the standard of one of these outsurance uh, traffic guides yeah. And um, I think they, they're earning really, really good keep for it. Um, you know, it gives activity, it gives purpose, it gives meaning, it gives value. And there's this wonderful, wonderful expression. You learn, you learn this in martial arts. It's called the principle of fair exchange. And the way that it works, because I think we should all be playing into this principle, is that when you step into a ring with someone, despite the fact that they might be less experienced or more experienced or bigger or stronger or faster or taller or shorter, whatever the case may be, you go in there and you give it a full go and they must give it a full go. Because if you are superior to them in experience and strength and capability and you only play at half your level, in effect, what you're doing is you're robbing them of an opportunity to improve. And the principle of fair exchange says, I will reward you for something in return for an equal reward back for me. It might be on a very different level or in a very different manner, 
But if you do it that way, when someone provides a service, much like these uh, street vendors who are now, or not street vendors, but these former beggars who are now directing traffic, increasing efficiencies for us, in that they provide value for us, we should be rewarding them. And I think it's it's starting to catch on and it's starting to be fairly pervasive and ubiquitous at the moment. So it's a wonderful story and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah, I suspect. So what should lead your business decision-making, Pablo? I mean, what's the context of the question firstly? Uh, and, and then explain the question as well because there are a couple of interpretations one could put on it. Yeah. You know, so Bruce, look, market dynamics are, are nonstop. And I think, you know, they're probably accelerated right around the world because inflation is is here to stay, in my view, for some time. The interest rates are here to stay for some time. Uh, currency fluctuations everywhere are here to stay. And who knows what this year is going to bring in with regard to Ukraine and uh, China having its its eye firmly now set, it seems, on Taiwan, amongst other things. So the supply chain disruptions are here and set to stay. So whatever worked previously is not going to work because if you don't change and adapt to these dynamics, you're going to find yourself on the back foot. And there was a great, great example of uh, an IoT firm, so an Internet of Things. Yep. Um, effectively, what an Internet of Things firm does is it creates a small device, and this device has the ability to measure a change in the condition of something. It could be a water level, it could be temperature, it could be the gaseous composition of a room, uh, sound or volume. And in effect, you put this little device in a place where it can measure this change. It it, It communicates to a piece of software, and the software can make intelligent uh, evaluations around what the changes mean. So so you see it in pipelines, in ca- cabling. Uh, it's extensively used in cabling. Um, it's offered as a service, and it's it's got this device, or many, many devices, and the software, right? So the market is starting to warm up very actively around this, and there are a couple of reasons for it. Firstly, you know, technology is advancing very quickly, Secondly, there's more and more and more and more competition coming into the marketplace because these devices are becoming easier to make, cheaper to make, the software to support it becoming easier to collaborate and make as well. And what does one do in response to it? And it set up a fascinating, fascinating debate between two founders of a business. But you could, I suppose you could, you could either lead with product or you can lead with whatever it is that the market wants. I mean, that seems like a logical sort of conclusion, right? Yeah, because they have this big battle. They have this big battle over it. And, and they're both right and they're both wrong at the same time. So the one individual said, look, we need to have, with the products that we have, we've got to add more features and more capability to the software so we can secure better information, make more intelligent outcomes. And that's product-led, product-led innovation. So whatever the product you have, you look at the product and you say, let's add more bells and whistles and features and capability to the product in order to respond to the comp- competition out there uh, and get ahead and stay ahead. And of course, this founder was the chief technical officer, the head of technology. Um, 
His particular background is years and years and years and years of software and device manufacture and device development. So typically he's in a play to his strength. He's in love with the products that they have. They're really good products. The software is good software, but to get ahead and stay ahead, let's improve it even further. Founder B, his partner, had a completely different view. He wanted to introduce new products for different markets, because these markets are evolving quite quickly, um, or, or different use cases. A use case is simply we build a product to solve a particular problem in a particular set of circumstances. And he wanted to increase the range of devices and software that the business offers and sells. And that was market-led innovation. And Bruce, what do you think his background was? I had no idea, actually. Sales and marketing. He wants <laughs> Ooh, to respond a to the market more than yeah. he wants to respond to every single opportunity that the market's throwing at them, uh, which is wide and broad. So the two of them really had this big debate, and this big debate was just ongoing. But it wasn't really the issue. What was the issue? <laughs> well, it's neither product-led nor market-led. Ah, well, that solves that problem. Both, yes. of them, <laughs> both of them came up with these ideas based very much on their strength, their capabilities, their skill sets, one in product development and the other one in market engagement. Um, the individual with product development capability, the chief technical officer, he would look at the competing products out there, obsessing over what features and criteria they offered over and above his current suite of products. The other individual who was in the sales and marketing side of the business was obsessing over what competitors were doing and what sales activities and campaigns they were engaged with. So in many ways, both of them were being led by their competitors. And when you're being led by your competitor, it means you are following your competitor because your competitor, in fact, is setting the tone and the pace of how you should make your decisions. And what they'd landed up with were a series of investments in both product and market innovation, confused employees and very poor performance. Yeah, it's, dis it's disappointing, isn't it, when the bosses get it wrong. So have they managed to resolve it? They have, eventually, they have. And you know where the answer lies, of course. The answer lies in understanding it's not about the product, it's not about the industry, it's about who your customer is and having a really good, clear understanding of who the customer is. Then from there, understanding how your product solves a problem for them, that's product-orientated, and then from a market point of view, Understanding how the customer wants to learn about you, engage with you, and be serviced by you. And the closer you can get that right, Bruce, it means that all future insights and decisions, in fact, will lie and remain with the behavior of that customer, as opposed to your own ideas, knee-jerk responses, and historical context. It's the best way to get ahead and stay ahead. And companies that are doing that today despite the fact that they operate in very crowded competitive markets, 
are getting ahead significantly faster than companies that are trapped in this product or market-led mindset. Pablo Fatidis at Auric Business Accelerator.